0: Welcome to season two of Armchair Donkeys. Saturday kicks off the start of college football season, but before we get into it, let's do a quick recap. Bob, how'd you do last year? I think I did pretty well. I
1: think I was above, close, maybe pushing sixty percent. Hit a couple good uh, parlays throughout the season. Good number. Uh, I feel pretty good about uh, where my bets are at.
0: And your Super Bowl hit obviously had to have helped out a lot.
1: Yeah, the future on the Rams, and they pulled through for me. So, uh, I think they may have a chance to do it again, be honest with you. I think they got a chance.
0: Chez, I know you were all over the Rams with us early last season. Uh, You're big into the touchdown score parlays on DraftKings. How would you make out last year?
2: It it was good. It wasn't as good as the year before, but it was good. Um, We were in the green, so I'll take it. Um, The... You know the the college football season kicking off. I'm skeptical about the over unders and who's going to win and who's not because no one knows anything about college football right now. You got to watch it to find out. So first week is like you know throwing dartboards in the dark, but that's okay. Last Dog's year went for a reason, baby. <laughs>
0: <laughs> last year turned out to be a great betting season for me with uh, three simple strategies that we kind of all came up with last year. One. Don't bet with the heart Two, follow the money in the NFL. I closed out the NFL playoffs going 11 and two on the money line and finished up uh, the season hitting the creamy middle on the Super Bowl with the Bengals plus five and a half and the Rams plus 750 on a futures bet. I made uh, the day that they traded for Von Miller rule number three, bet the lesser known conferences in college football to gain an advantage on the book because the odds makers aren't paying as much attention as to what's going on in those conferences. Last year, uh, Bob, I I believe I was two and two in the Mountain West Conference when I committed to uh, becoming the Mountain West guru. And uh, I said that I would either wear a Mountain West King's Crown or the Mountain West Donkey Dunce Cap. And um, I can proudly say that I closed out the season 13 and three. And uh while I feel like this could be the jinx of the year, oh, um, get this on, Bob Kindly go. had yeah. this King king's crown made for me. So <laughs> I'm gonna wear it if I can get the functionality worked out. I'm gonna i to wear it for the rest of today's show.
2: I cannot take you seriously right now, bro. I'm so glad I that, can't be left. So it's only that, right. that, that was that that took a lot of time
1: between me and my six-year-old daughter on Amazon trying to figure out what crown would look
2: good best on on Bo's head.
1: How's it look? Uh, wait, so
2: you found him this crown?
1: Oh, oh yeah.
2: yeah. Oh wow. So it's a team effort. Yeah. Oh, definitely yeah. another, we're gonna, another, team another immaculate reception. For you 34. know, Whop, right there in the breadbasket.
1: If we're <laughs> gonna deem him the Mountain West guru, <laughs> you know, I gotta I gotta do my part at
2: least to provide the crown. All right, so look, go straight into the Mountain West then. I I took Utah State, uh, they're playing Connecticut this week, and they're like bro the, the connecticut utah state line is huge
0: it's like 27
2: 40, it's like 27 it's, points yeah 27 yeah next week utah goes to Al- utah state goes to alabama and they're 40 point dogs <laughs> I, I i think
0: that utah state has some really high quality wide receivers they've got a great quarterback they did lose one of their stud linebackers to unlv this year but you got to take plus forty early when, on, right? When did
2: he become this Mountain West guru guy? What is going on here, Bob? Dude, he just—that's where he spends all of his time. That's just, because we're headed to the goddamn Mountain West.
0: Well, let's no, 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 no. Let's not <laughs> let's not surrender uh, to that just yet. But let, for, let's get into some futures action, um, Bob. Let's start with you. Any teams in college who you, who you've got your eyes on this year?
1: Well, I mean. I mean, let's be the simple ones, right? Alabama, Georgia, obviously they're are, are the, kind of the cream of the crop. Um, you know, I think I think USC has a chance to be pretty good this year, um, just with the Pac-12 being the Pac-12. Um, yeah, I, I see it, Chez. But, uh, you know, I also think um, Texas is going to be a lot better. Um, they better be this year before they get the rude awakening of entering the SEC. They better take advantage of still being in the big 12, um, you know, and then, and then you look at the big 10, obviously Ohio State is just loaded with talent. Um, I mean, sadly, and this is kind of boring to say, I just see it being another, you know, Auburn, Georgia, I mean, Alabama, Georgia, Ohio state, just the typical, what we're used to recently in the BCS what's going on in college football. Um, I don't really have a, a feeling right now of, you know, some sleeper team that's going to surprise everybody um but i just don't know how when when any, anybody from any other conference stacks up against georgia and alabama uh they're just they're just going to have such a such a hard damn time going up against those dudes
2: so i look i i totally am going to go the other way on this where i think it's going to be new blood in the college football playoff and look i could easily be wrong because it's usually blue bloods so I, I think that there's three teams to look at in college football that I think, look, if you pay attention to college football, they're not really surprising anybody when I say these names, but they didn't make the playoff, and they haven't made the playoff. So you've got to take that into account as well, and that's Texas A&M, Utah, and Penn State. All right? Penn State last year was on a roll. They lost their quarterback, hit the skids. He's healthy. He's a leader. And from, from what I can gather, in, in Happy Valley, they're pretty happy with their football team. Utah, I think, has the ability – I think they're undefeated. I think they run the table and they're undefeated and win the Pac-12 and make the playoff as a four seed. And nobody, not one SEC team, wants to go and play the Utah Utes in, in, that, uh, in that situation as they can play defense with any and everybody all the time. Um, that said – Ohio State hung half a hundred on them last year in the Rose Bowl. So, you know, there is give and take. But Texas A&M is the team, if they can figure out a way to navigate with one loss and they beat Alabama on the road, which is a huge if, but it's one of the biggest games of the year. There's true rivalry and hatred in this this one right now. A&M needs to win this game if they want to be taken seriously. And if you look at Jimbo Fisher's tenure, this is his fourth year at A&M, right? Fourth fourth year? I believe I it's so. his fourth. Yeah. yeah, fourth year at A and M. Well, he won a national title in his fourth year at Four State. So it, it trades trendy. And I, I I know that all three of them probably being there is probably a shot in the dark, but there's just something about Penn State, Texas A and M, and Utah to me that says those three teams could be your dark horses, in my opinion.
0: We um had a chance to see A and M last year in uh at Mile High, and I wasn't impressed with their quarterback play did they who did they get anybody or did they have someone coming in or
2: no no i look i I don't even know who their starter is i'm not concerned about the i'm looking at the 40 million dollars they raised for all the five stars and got 14 of them i think they got
0: six or seven on the d line
2: that's 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 what i'm talking about so look if they're starting to recruit like alabama and they beat them last year I mean look man it was the same crap quarterback play we watched them do against CU that beat Alabama so it's there's a lot of give and take I, I think in the SEC West and i'm more i'm more impressed with their defense and their offensive line and those two units i think they can stand up in the trench against the tide against LSU against Auburn you know and you know, against Georgia. I don't know if they played Georgia in the regular season this year, but they're going to play them in the SEC title game if they can get past Alabama and then not stub their own toe. That's been AM's problem. They they beat an Alabama, and then they go and lose to, like, you know, LSU or Kentucky or somebody they should mop at the end of the year, and it screws their chances up. So I'm not really concerned about the quarterback position for a and uh i A&M. I'm more intrigued about the D-line and O-line. Their O-line is good.
0: All right, guys, I got a sleeper team in the Mountain West Conference that's coming off of a 2-10 season. Uh, They were in almost every game they played in 2021. This team had the best – Sleeper team to do what? Let me get there. All right, sorry. sorry. This this team had the best recruiting class (laughs) in the conference in 2020 and the fourth best class in 2021, and they were able to retain most of their players. Uh, They also added some great talent in the transfer portal this year, and five-star quarterback uh, Harrison Bailey from the University of Tennessee, who won a state championship in Georgia. In addition, they added his top wide receiver target from that state championship team, who as a true freshman at Michigan State in 2020 led the Spartans to a victory over the University of Michigan with 160 yards receiving and a touchdown in that game. I think he's going to be a nice addition to a UNLV offense that looks to be stacked at wide receiver. Uh, they'll be half pass heavy this uh, season with the royal call on the plays. And although I, I do think he will get some so- solid help from offensive coordinator and our buff teammate, Nick Holtz, uh, who learned Hold the game in. under great Bob Lattister at Daniel uh, South High School. I've got UNLV plus 900 and plus 4,500 to win their division and the conference. And I'm hedging that bet for the team to win over four and a half games what? at plus 105. <laughs> yeah, you heard it. <laughs> plus 900 and plus 4500 to win their conference. Can you just send me the money?
2: Wait, wait, I get, hold on. How can I, are are you, you all bet the money in a good way? Can you just send are, me the Are money you going
0: on this? Are you going to pay out the 35,000 when it hits?
2: No. Okay, well then <laughs> shut your mouth. You want you want
0: to start booking, you can start booking, but oh, that
2: would be awesome
0: uh uh-huh. that is, i'm I'm hedging that bet with them to win over four and a half games Love i think it. i think they've got a lot of talent i think it's and utah state last year was like plus 500 to win the
2: conference That that's true but and they won you, you look unlv is getting better they get to play in the spaceship i actually i'm glad you brought this up i was on the phone with pony like 45 minutes ago and we've got I've got six guys going down to the game this weekend to visit UNLV and go be recruited and all that kind of stuff from the, from the gym. So that's pretty cool. Uh, well, you know, the synergy and, right and, there. and,
0: and he's got to think that they've got a chance to be pretty good. They've got a no, ton of talent.
2: He he's, he's told me that they expect to win at least six games and, and make a bowl game and they've got a lot of vets and they ran a lot of turds off. So look, I see you there with the little King crown. I don't think they're <laughs> winning their division. I mean, their division has San Diego State in their division. San, Diego, talk, State. San
0: Diego State's in trouble. They've, they've got some issues there.
2: Dog, okay. I, I know you sent me an article, but I haven't seen it on ESPN yeah, yet. Right. I think San Diego State's going to win 11 games. So, I mean, the, the UNLV. Just, that's a, a
0: big off-field distraction that they're dealing with. It's You know, you can't deny that.
2: I, I'm not saying that, okay, find one person other than Bob and I that know what you're talking about right off the top of the bat, and I'll agree with you.
0: Fair good enough. Point.
2: Have yeah. you been taking like some undercover Vegas trips
1: without us and yeah, doing bro, some work, doing? like learning about UNLV and their squad yeah. or what?
0: You know, uh, I just, I've been following the Mountain West conference for uh, almost a year now and uh, top recruiting class in 2020, number four recruiting class in 2021. They just landed. They they, ha- they got about three or four guys in the transfer portal that are really good. They've got five-star guys on that team. Uh, and I think they're going to shock a lot of people. Arroyo was the offensive coordinator with Justin Herbert uh, when Oregon won the Rose Bowl. So he he knows what he's doing. Uh, they're going to surprise some people in that conference this year, I think.
2: And I really hope they do because you know, Nick Holtz, like we said, uh, Pony's the OC, and he's excited about it. And look, that's a good, good call, Bo. That's my that. sleeper. Okay. You got uh, to keep that crown, Bo.
0: But before we move on, I got one other over-under uh that I took, and, and I know you guys can chime in on it. And we, I know we talk about not betting with our hearts, but uh I took the buffs plus one fifty to win more than three and a half. It's a 12-game oh, yeah. season. Uh Chez, from from what you've been saying and, and what I've been reading, we're gonna be much improved in the trenches this year. And if anybody knows that anything about the game of football, games are won and lost in the trenches and we weren't very good there last year
2: and it was coaching it's not players and i I can look if anybody can speak on this outside of that room it's me because i work with all of them all the time all summer i'm talking to them three or four times a week a lot of that roster is from my gym especially in the front uh i expect jake wiley and casey roddick and austin johnson and Frank Philippe and the big eaters up there to have an extremely productive season running the ball. I think Brady Russell is a professional tight end and H-back. And just that alone and the aggressiveness of Casey Roddick, he's an NFL guard. I work with NFL players all the time. The kid's an NFL player. The coaching last year with Mitch Rodriguez was the worst. I'm going to say this out loud, and I don't care who it offends because I was offended watching it. That was the worst coaching that has ever happened in the history of the University of Colorado with a position group in the history of the school ever. And I will die on that hill. It is the absolute worst in the history of the school with one man leading a position group for two years. They got worse. They learned nothing. He never coached them to how to deal with any situation at any time. Didn't they look inept? Yes. And when when the when the GA took over, they at least looked like they knew what they're doing. And now the great Kyle Devan comes in, who I played with in the league and is a really good friend of mine. And his scheme is consistent. You're going to see a lot of the same stuff that the University of Michigan did last year up front, which they you know they were the number one offensive line in the country last year. And they're going to hammer the football to set up play action, and it's going to look like the three look. When the three of us sit around and bitch and moan about this and be like, God, I wish they would just hammer the ball and throw a play action. Well, that's what Coach Sanford's going to do, and that's what Coach DeVan wants to do, and they know they can control the time possession, and they have to, in order to win football games. So, I think they're going to be a lot better on offense. I know that the media and all these fuckboys out here in the world that don't know what they're talking about have an opinion on Colorado, right? But, I, I think people that hit the transfer portal are probably going for a reason. Kick rocks. We'll win without you. And on top of all that, the second year jump for the quarterback, I think Lewis is going to be the guy. There's going to be a lot of players step up that you haven't heard of that are going to come out of the woodwork and really surprise a lot of people. And look, are they going to struggle in certain games against elite competition? Probably. But if you're looking at a 12-game schedule, TCU – is a winnable game and they should win to open the season against TCU. T-
0: TCU won Weird. three, three games last year. That's and like they've got fun. a, they've got a new head coach coming. Yeah.
2: So they should win that game. You should come and out. We're, and
0: it. we're 10 and a half point dogs.
2: Yeah. And I, I'm taking the bus on that number. You can I'll put my mortgage on. They don't lose by 11 points. So that the Air Force game, the Minnesota game are tough. Those are tough on the road. It's Air Force is really, look, I send guys there every year. We sent three more there this year. They are stacked. They are veteran. They are good. And they run the option, and it's hard to get ready for that in a week. So, yeah. ooh, that's a rough one. Minnesota, we'll see what happens. That That's a character game, in my opinion, because last year, the Minnesota game in Folsom, Bob, you know, it was the most embarrassing shit I've ever seen yeah. in my entire life. And, and, that, and our
0: that, offensive coordinator is from Minnesota, so that, he should have point. a beat on that defense, exactly. right? Exactly.
2: So he should be able to ID that. And then you go into the conference, and there's got to be ups and downs, but Cal is winnable, Arizona State's winnable, Arizona's winnable. Those those three games you have to get. And then I feel like they can get two more. I think CU wins six and goes to a bowl game, and they you see kind of them take a, the next step to actually pulling themselves out of this hole. Because I do believe the coaching staff and the people that they have there right now are right. And you got to go through hell to get to heaven, boys. I mean, look, when we, in 2000, we were three and eight. I know we had a different team. But I look at this team and they're big and strong and physical and they look like they can play ball. So why can't they turn it around too?
0: Yeah, I, I think that if um, – my my only question mark was is just the young uh, the young cornerbacks that we've got there on the back end. And if those guys can – Hold up, I think six games is is definitely doable. All right, Bob. uh,
1: Hey, let me chime in real quick. Go ahead. You know, optimism is a beautiful thing before the lights come on and we get in between the lines. But um, I think we're going to struggle on the back end of the defense. I think that's the weakest part of the team. Mm -hmm. Um, I also think that if you all want to win four games, JT Schrout better be pulling the trigger, not the uh, the other kid. Uh, And nothing against Brendan Lewis. But, um, I mean, and granted, if the offensive line is, in, is, in, is as improved as we would think they should be, obviously that will help if it's Brendan Lewis. But I think if, if you all want to win six games and you want to go to a bowl game, J.T. Shrout better be throwing the ball. Do
0: and you have think him seen-
1: start? I, from what I've seen, from what I've heard, um, I think it would be foolish if he does not start.
0: What are the chances uh, we run some kind of two quarterback system to start the season?
1: I, I, I don't know. I've, I mean, I don't know coach Sanford well enough. I met him. I think he's, I mean, I'm, I'm excited about the guys that are new on the offensive staff and the changes that'll be made. Um, I just, you know, I think we lack depth, um, which we have for a while, but at the same time, um, I, I just think, JT Shroud needs to be the guy. If 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 you guys feel like we're going to a bowl game, I just don't think it's with the kid that was pulling the trigger last year. So do you? And think I also, that, do I, you think I also heard else on the roster could, could step up. I, in that you one? know what? And, and and I've heard great things about McCown? Luke McCown. Luke McCown's Bam, kid. That's exactly what I was going to ask you about. Yep. Um, I have heard incredible things about this kid. He can sling it. He's gritty. He's just. I mean, he's, he's just a one of those kid. guys. Yeah, he just knows how to play the position.
2: Well, so, uh, so do you think that they would pull the look? Carl's old school, bro. You guys know this. You think they would pull the trigger and throw him to the wolves? Uh, yeah. man,
0: depends. I don't, I, I, I don't think out of the gate they will, and uh-huh. and uh, I think my if best they... fucked if we don't beat TCU. <laughs> I I also I think yeah. I saw this. I
1: think we are Gotta only one faster. of we're fucked. <laughs> I think the Buffs are only one of three teams in the entire country that we are the underdog in every single game of our, on our on our schedule so far. Wow. The- now
2: look, am wow. I, am I a victim of being me and us?
1: Yes, right? yes, yes, I know. I love yes. you
2: too. Fuck yes. you guys, <laughs> but I can't I can't sit here and just think we're gonna suck. I just I can't believe it, not with the guys I work with and their mentality and the way that I watch them and the, what they're telling me. So, you, look, guys, you know college football is – when I was a senior, BG Brooks punk ass said we were going to finish 0-12, and there's nothing more fucking motivating than that. Yeah. So, there's – I think that there's a lot of opportunity, but okay, I'm going to have to agree with Bob on this he's the quarterback. So if JT Stroud needs to be the guy, then pull the fucking trigger. I mean, I could care less about Lewis's feelings. So well,
0: let's just last year we were atrocious up front. A good running game will, will help a quarterback and it'll help your, your defense uh, stay off the field. So if, and we got that kid from Alabama, I haven't heard you talk about him. I know he hasn't really played much yet, but the,
2: the Brown, the, the guard Brown. Yeah. He's uh he, I mean, I, I don't know. He hasn't played much. He just got back to practice. I hope he can step in and help. But look, if CU's offensive line is going to be good, it's because Jake Wiley plays at a pack 12 an All Pac-12 level as a sophomore. After starting a ton of games last year and going through the fire, that's a hard position to play as a redshirt freshman. And he took every snap, and all he does is work his balls off. And that I've known that kid since he's 15, and I know his makeup. And I think he's going to be a very surprising player in the league. Casey Roddick is a baller. That kid reminds me of. And he was out last year with a,
0: with a heart issue, right?
2: Yeah. And, but he's healthy now and he is eating people alive up front at, uh, up there. So I think that if those two step up and play and lead the way they can and Frank Philippe stays healthy on the other side, who's the veteran of the group and has played a lot of football. You can find, I think, Austin Johnson, Noah Finsky. however they want to move that around. Brown, they're going to have three or four guys that can play there uh, up front for those last two spots. So we With, got about
0: six or seven up front on offense, you're saying? Yeah,
2: so you've got six or seven guys That's, that can play. Last year That's we had three. There, feel, last, yeah, like last three. year you got two maybe. <laughs> and then you put Brady Russell in that. And the way that, like, I haven't been looking at last year's offense. It's totally scrapped and gone. Nothing you saw last year is going to be there anymore. I so look we're, we're going from offense.
0: spread to pro style. Is that what's Well, it's going on? not?
2: It's not necessarily pro style, it's it's a mix between it's a lot of pistol, it's a lot of movement, there's a lot of multiple tight ends, there's a lot of play action, a lot of it's
0: similar to what we ran then. Yeah,
2: they, well, he's got he's yeah. going to want to be real physical I yeah, mean, so, and, and run the football. That's and what they're going to do control time of possession, yeah. limit turnovers and keep a young secondary off the field. So if they can do that, if they can run the ball for 4 yards a clip, which I know they can, they're going to be on the field much longer than they were last year. Last, I'm telling you guys, I don't know if I can stress this enough, the coaching was so terrible. It's a, it was like a detriment. That it was the worst coach offensive line I've ever seen in the history of college football.
1: There there was a huge difference when they put that when they fired him and put the GA kid I mean,
2: look, uh, in that you can role, say what you want. Sure. Oregon State and Washington are not – they weren't schmuck teams last year. Washington wasn't any good, but they're still Washington, and we beat yeah. them. We Oregon also State, played Utah tough to close the season. Yeah, yeah. So and I'll so say one other, one
0: other addition that we got. Um, the strength coaches from Stanford, my dad said that he was the biggest loss that that program had seen, and uh, it's a huge upgrade for us from what I'm hearing with with our strength coach that we've got there. Guys, yeah, let's, guys, let's move. Guys let's,
2: look good and they're in shape and they're ready to roll. Let's let's move on.
0: Let's get to some games. Bob, take us to Dublin, Ireland, where our boy Fitz opens awesome. up against our arch rival, the let's Nebraska over, Huskers. God. This game kicks off at 9.30 a.m. Pacific time, and the Huskers are giving uh, the Wildcats 13 points here.
1: Yeah, you know, being the, the first opening week, we don't know a ton about either of these teams, I don't think, um, but I'm a huge fan of Fitz and I am not a huge fan of the communists from Lincoln. So <laughs> um, I think it's awesome that they're playing this game in Ireland. It'll be an incredible experience. I was overly surprised when I saw that it, 13 points because um, no one fits. He, he's got to have his team ready and they're going to be ready to compete. So I love the fact to take a Northwestern plus 13 in this game just because it is kind of a crap shoot. Cause you're not sure who's going to show up. You're not hundred percent sure who you have yet uh, when, when the lights come on. Um, and there's just a hatred for Nebraska. So um, you add all those things together. It's going to be a cool. You know, it's a tough travel deal for these kids who know how they're going to react. So I just think it's such a big number. The um, yeah. 13 points with, with a, with a Pat Fitzgerald coach team, he will have these kids ready. They'll be physical. They'll be excited to play. So, I I really love Northwestern and, and taking those points on Saturday morning.
2: And look, Northwestern got hammered by Nebraska last year in Lincoln, so that just gives Pat even more motivation to get them right. They've been thinking about it all off season. They've had it red lettered, as we always say. Yeah. And it, you know, purple, purple lettered. Yeah, purple, lettered purple letter, <laughs> letter of the corn. And uh, look, Nebraska, in my opinion. If you have an, in, an an immature coach who has a hard time handling stressful situations, probably going to Dublin to open the season isn't a good thing. Yeah, so I, I could see Northwestern just winning the game outright uh, on top of being fourteen point dogs.
0: Well, I will say this, uh, Fitzgerald. I mean, I, I I got nothing to go on in this game other than the luck of the Irish is going to be on Pat's side. Um, yeah this is a make-or-break year for Frost. If if he falls on his face this season, he's out of there. Peace. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Chez, let's go to the backyard brawl uh, where Pitt is a seven-point favorite at home over rival West, West Virginia next Thursday night.
2: And look, it's back. So the backyard brawl hasn't been played in years. Uh, it's a huge. It was a rivalry that spanned 100 years, and then they just cut it off because of conference realignment. So I know that the people in that area of the country are pumped. Uh, you know, coach Borbley is, you know, the offensive line coach for Pitt, and he's just excited for about Pitt. this year's team as he was about last year's team. Kenny Pickett leaves, and they lose their number one receiver to Alabama, and they just reload. And the university Did he go to Alabama
0: to go. or SC? The Bolitnikoff kid? I think he transferred to USC.
2: Well, USC, Alabama, whatever, same thing. <laughs> um, <laughs> they're just going to absorb all the good players, pay everyone. So it is what it is. Uh, one one of the teams in the conferences, we'll just say like that. Um, but I love the the rivalry games, especially at the beginning of the year. This game used to be played at Thanksgiving, and now it's being played in September. And I I wish that they would play it over and over and over again every year. And I wish the college football look if they're going to get rid of. Bedlam and the Apple Cup and the Civil War. And the Rocky
0: Mountain Showdown and of Nebraska.
2: Nebraska If we're not going to play these games where we're supposed to play them at holiday time to mean something, at least they could throw it back in the bucket and we could play at the beginning of the season and kind of redo schedules and make this happen. They can make whatever they want happen. They have all the money. So, this is just another step in that direction because I guarantee you this game for West Virginia and Pitt, just like Nebraska's biggest three games in the last 10 years have been the two games against CU and Oklahoma last year. I mean, let's be real. They traveled the best of those games and everybody was pumped about them. I'm sure they liked, they liked hosting Michigan, but it doesn't have the historical reference. So West Virginia and Pitt is just another step in that direction. And the backyard brawl's has always been awesome and I'm, I'm excited about it. And I think it'll be, Look, if they're getting seven, I would take West Virginia all day on that. Just for the fact that it's going to be a absolute dogfight.
0: Bob, any thoughts on that game or too early in the season to tell?
2: I mean, I, I
1: mean, I'll just jump on the back of I'm glad these rivalry games are are resurfacing, right? I mean, that's the coolest part about college football, in my opinion. And these conference realignments ruining these things. It's great to to see a game like this back. So I think it's hard when there's, you know, touchdown in a game of such of this magnitude where both these teams are going to be fired up to play it again. Um, I mean, I I don't think I'll touch it betting wise, but I think it'll be tight.
0: We've touched on it guys. I know everyone is excited that football is back, but tread lightly early on in the season. There's so many moving pieces during the off season (laughs) In both that college,
2: bad, and, don't, no don't,
0: bad. don't listen to the degenerate. He's high right now. Tread lightly <laughs> in both college and the NFL. It's impossible to project how talent on paper is going to transition to chemistry on the field. Let's not get in a hole early on this season. Let the first couple of weeks play out before you dive all the way into this thing. And uh, we're going to hopefully have another you good Spend year.
2: money to make money, baby. <laughs> you can spend it, but you got to do your research first,
0: right? Can't just start firing on stocks we know nothing about.
2: The, the $12,000 parlay I hit when we were in Vegas last year sure did kick ass. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that's all the time we have for you guys today. Uh, Chez, thanks for joining us,
2: just us this week. We'll see you guys next week. Hey, boys. Bye-bye.